Remember that song, Eye of the Tiger, from Rocky Three? It's the eye of the tiger. It's the, 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 the that one from Rocky Three, with, with Rocky was fighting Mr. T, couldn't beat Mr. T. Then Apollo Creed played Eye of the Tiger for him. He went back and beat the snot out of Mr. T because of Eye of the Tiger. Because of that song, it moved him inside. Not Eye of the Moose, not Eye of the Bull, Eye of the Tiger. Hello and welcome to the OnCast Grand Rewatch. Uh, my name is Dom, there's one half of the OnCast, I'm joined by Tom, say hello Tom. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. So, <laughs> so we now live in a world for sequels, prequels, remakes and reboots, and we understand that sometimes life gets in the way and you're not always going to be able to catch up before a new one comes out. You right there? Got your hat on? Yeah. Good. With that in mind, we're here to provide a weekly retrospective on some of the biggest franchises in cinema history giving you a full spoiler rundown of each film in the series, including plot summaries, analysis, and behind-the-scenes trivia. This week, we continue our rewatch of the Rocky saga, leading up to the th- November 30th release of the newest entry in the franchise, Creed Two. Today, we're talking about the classic 1982 sequel starring Sylvester Sloan and Mr. T, Rocky Three. Yes! It's Rocky Three. Oh, I fucking love this film. This is the Eye of the Tiger one. Fucking love this film. It's the Eye of the Tiger one. This is the one where we we've talked about it briefly already, but there is a notable shift. Yes, in this film from the previous two. Yeah, there is a fig- fairly significant jump. Yeah, because between like, the two, the last two movies have been very much dramas. They've been sort of, um, I don't know, more subdued, more sort of. Yeah, they've been about the drama and not too much sport going on. Yeah, um, and it's all been about Rocky and his relationship with Adrian, and that's been the main focus of it for the vast majority of the runtime. But this one, <laughs> this yeah. So I would argue that the first film is about Rocky proving to everyone that he's not a bum. Yep, uh, and that you know he's not just this hood rat. And then the second one is about him proving it to himself. Yeah, and this one is about. Punching Mr. T. He's punching Mr. T, that's it, isn't it? He's not... It's about not being afraid anymore. Well, I don't it's know, about facing your fears. I think the big thing with it, I suppose, is him proving that he is actually good and not just lucky. Yeah. Because there's this whole thing with Mick and him being carried, yeah. which is a whole thing. But we'll get into that. Anyway, before we go any further, let's do the plot summary. Um, just so we're going to do a, a quick recap of what happens in Rocky Three, um, And it's my turn this week. So, here we go. The film opens with the classic title card over the image of Rocky's heavyweight championship belt. We then go straight into the previously on Rocky section <laughs> and get a recap of Rocky's narrow victory over Apollo Creed. As the freeze frame of Rocky and Mick fills the frame, the unmistakable baseline from Survivor's Eye of the Tiger fades in and we launch straight into montage time. The montage set to Eye of the Tiger truly proves once and for all that montages are, and always will be, the greatest storytelling device in cinema. <laughs> Rocky is going from strength to strength as he defends his title with Mick and Adrian by his side. He wins fight after fight, advertises seemingly every product in America, and is generally having the time of his life. Paulie, however, is growing increasingly bitter and jealous of his brother-in-law. But Paulie isn't the only one with a bone to pick with the Italian stallion. During the same Eye of the Tiger montage, we see a new challenger rising from the ranks of the boxing world, Clubber Lang. As the montage comes to an end, Lang is left shouting at Mick in the crowd of one of his fights, 
throwing down a challenge to Rocky. We then get a weird little sequence where Paulie gets into a fight with a Rocky arcade machine. But the real Rocky gives him a job, so it's okay. Then, in another strange little detour, Rocky fights Hulk Hogan for charity? Following his charity fight, Rocky, Adrian and Mick leave Rocky's giant mansion to go to the unveiling of a statue for the boxer on the famous Philadelphia steps he's used while training in the previous films. During his speech, Rocky announces that he's going to retire. But sure enough, Clubber Lang turns up and goads Rocky into accepting his challenge by disrespecting Adrian. Rocky and Mickey have a heart-to-heart, where Mickey admits to the champ that he doesn't think he can beat Lang and that his previous fights were hand-picked for him to stay on top. Eventually, Rocky convinces Mick to train him one last time. But Rocky doesn't take his training very seriously. His open training sessions quickly become a circus for fans, pissing Mickey off no end. Meanwhile, Clubber can be seen training like a mad dog the old-fashioned way. By the time the fight rolls around, Clubber is so angry that a pre-fight breaks out in the corridor on the way to the ring, and Mick suffers some sort of heart attack. While concerned for his trainer, Rocky goes on with the fight. Just as Mickey predicted, Clubber absolutely annihilates Rocky, winning by knockout in the second round. But Rocky doesn't care. He rushes back to the training room where Mick is in a bad way. Rocky and Mick share a quiet scene together where Mick tells the boxer he loves him. Sadly, Mick passes away before they can get him to the hospital, and a beaten Rocky screams in anguish. We then get an extended grieving montage, starting with Mick's funeral and ending back at Mighty Mick's boxing gym as a heartbroken Rocky tries to make sense of it all. To Rocky's surprise, Apollo Creed emerges from the shadows and convinces Rocky to let his former rival train him for a rematch with Clubber in exchange for a mysterious favour. Clubber agrees to the rematch and soon Rocky, Adrian, Paulie and Apollo are off to LA to train the Creed way. Initially, Rocky's heart isn't in it and after a weird PTSD breakdown on the beach, it seems like it's all over. Adrian steps in and gives a big old speech telling Rocky that she believes in him no matter what. Reassured by his wife, Rocky gets training and this time they're playing the Rocky theme in the background so everything's okay. Rocky has completely changed his style and after three films he's finally learned how to dodge a punch. Now it's time for the rematch. Clubber promises nothing but pain for Balboa, but it isn't long before Rocky proves this isn't going to be like the last time. In round one, Rocky is a clear winner, relentlessly beating Clubber all the while dodging his attacks. In round two, Clubber goes in hard on Rocky and knocks him down to the ground twice. Adrian calls for the officials to stop the fight, but Rocky knows what he's doing, goading Clubber at the end of the round. Round three is a classic rope-a-dope, as Rocky wears Clubber out, daring him to land a knockout blow. The stallion picks his moment and unleashes the fury on Clubber, landing blow after blow until eventually the current champion goes down. Unable to get back up in the count of ten, Clubber is defeated and Rocky regains his title as the heavyweight champion of the world. In what might be the first ever post-credits or tag scene, Rocky and Apollo are alone in Mick's gym, all geared up for a fight. Apollo is calling in his favour and asking Rocky for a third fight behind closed doors to settle once and for all who is the better boxer. The two banter about how far they've come as they circle each other in the ring. The rivals turn friends, throw their first punches at one another and the shot is so awesome that the camera stops working and the image turns into a watercolour painting as Eye of the Tiger plays us out. Rocky 3. Ding, ding. It's so fucking good. So good, right? It's so, it's so good. I mean, it is, as we've said, it's a totally, totally different film. Yeah, and I've said, this is something that, like, I say 
every now and then is it sounds like a bit of a you know douchebag thing to say, but I'm gonna say it anyway. The first two are films. Mm-hmm. This is a movie. Yeah, that's the difference. If this is just fun, like lots of you know cool. Like I was saying earlier, it's one of the most quotable ones. There are some great lines scattered mm-hmm. throughout this. A lot of them coming from Mr. T. Oh yeah, it's probably the best. Like you say, he's your yeah. favorite antagonist. Yeah, absolutely. Clubber Lang because he's just <laughs> he's just a monster. Well, he's just Mr. T. He's well. That's the thing. Before this, he wasn't really Mr. T. No, the, no, this is his film debut. Well, yeah. On the in the um, opening credit sequence, it says and introducing Mr. T. Yeah, yeah, it's not just and Mr. T. It's First like, name Mr. Middle name T. period. <laughs> last name T. <laughs> And I love there was a bit as well, like when they're doing the um, statue unveiling, where you can see that he signed the, um, the drum. The drum. And yeah. just signed it to Mr. T. <laughs> yeah. And it's literally, it's a close up of it as well. It's not like it's, like it's something you have to spot in the background. It's clearly, yeah. that's so It pans up from yeah. that drum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> love it. But yeah, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves again. But yeah. Um, yeah, the 10 time defence. Yeah, so yeah, I think the main, the first big thing to talk about obviously is that montage at the beginning because the montage at the beginning sets up so much, and that's why I, I, I stand by it. Montages are the greatest storytelling device in cinema history. They are. Sure. They are. <laughs> we, we get so much information <laughs> and we see so much happen, and we know where everyone stands. We know Paulie's pissed off because Paulie's a jealous piece of shit. Uh, we know that Adrian's loving it. We know that he's he's advertising for rival car companies for some reason. Uh, like, yeah. It's like I've never known a boxer be as famous and as like well loved as Rocky was. Yeah, I mean that's there's there's the joke is that the most famous boxer in history is Rocky. Yeah, is the most famous boxer in the world in history is fictional. Yeah. Of course it is. The second most is Muhammad Ali. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just like. He goes, they have like throughout this montage, they're showing up like he's on the cover of magazines, he's doing like mm-hmm. telethons, he's doing adverts, and they don't really ever explain. Because in the last movie, in Rocky 2, he goes down that route at one point and starts trying to do adverts, and he's too dumb, he can't read. And, yeah. he, just, and he can't. But, but he came through it, he learned how to read better. He, he yeah, but learning how to read better doesn't. He went and learned how to read good. I know, like he just, he seems very different in this, and uh, the yeah, biggest yeah. thing is that. Stallone looks completely different. Yeah. Did he have plastic surgery at some point? No, he just um, got older. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a lot more makeup. The cameras yeah. are different. Yeah. But also, he lost a ton of weight. Yeah. So he was at something like two percent body fat in this one. Yeah. No, he was like he was in ridiculous shape at the beginning of it. Um. And like yeah, during the title defense, you can see the change in the shape of him. But then he then he slims down more. Does he slim down as the film goes on? Because they make a point. Like at the beginning of it, you have his fight with Hulk Hogan, which we'll talk about. Yeah. But in that, with thunder lips. But in that, he's two hundred and two pounds. And then the fight at the end with Clubber, he's one hundred ninety one. I think something like that. Something like that. So yeah, he loses weight. So is that true of Stallone though? Do they actually do that, or was it just lip service? Um, I don't know. I don't think it was intentional mm. um, because it's a bit of a deep dive in yeah. a film like this to talk about. Oh, you know, he's lost like ten pounds. Yeah, it might have been because you know the look of the way that he's training. Well, yeah, but they make but a point like in the, the commentators. Shape. 
the commentators and make a big point about that he is really slimmed down, so it's like they're really hanging a lampshade on it, yeah. sort of trying to make the point that he's also different. if he's what did you say that he was in the set the second match one nine one yeah then he wouldn't be a heavyweight well he would have dropped a class well there you go <laughs> so but I mean yeah there are there are sort of caveats around that so if somebody is um, so they'll do a weigh in beforehand to make sure that they're appropriate level, that they're not too big or they're not too light. Um, and then if somebody has a significant weight change, yeah, normally it's only a few pounds here or there, but then it does go to the opponent to say if they're willing to continue. So there might, there is like a technical yeah, reason in that. sure. So they have to agree to it. I mean, yeah, I'm just looking at some of the stuff that goes on in this montage again. It's crazy. So he defends his title 10 times. Yeah. Um, and like every time when they're showing bits of these matches, he's just kicking the shit out of people. Really, it's not really yeah. much of a fight, um, which we'll get on to. But I love just like there's l- l- some little not so subtle symbolism and stuff going on in here, like Adrian and Rocky riding down the riding the motorbike, yeah, with no helmet, yeah, no helmet. And then later on, after what happens with Mick, he's wearing a helmet. It's like. Mm. It's almost like you feel like you're undefe- undefeatable, isn't it? It's, all, it's almost like you feel like top of, top of the world, nothing can hurt you. And then and then, then you get a sharp re- reminder that that's not the case. And then you start looking after yourself a little bit better, don't you, Rock? Mm. Good work, Rock. Um, <laughs> my favourite is, yeah, as, as the montage ends, it's like Rocky and Adrian like frolicking in a field, like in yeah. some sort of meadow, and it's intercut with Clubber Lang kicking the shit out of someone in a dark, like, boxing ring. <laughs> yeah, and like... And again, it's one of these things that, um, you know, like Stallone was fairly open when he said about he didn't know what to write for yeah. three. So he just made it more about the sport but and then the training. Didn't he originally want it to be a trilogy, though? He had a trilogy planned No, out. no, no, no. So these were like other ideas that were sort of floating around. Yeah. Um, he had an idea for like a longer saga that was going to be like five movies about different things, as we said last week yeah. with him sort of going into politics. But originally it was just going to be one. And then he became disillusioned with it because he th- and throws the fight and blah, 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 blah. And then two came along, which is where he now is better and can beat the other man. And then there's this one, which is... Uh, it's, it's tricky to say because it is quite a lot like two. Yeah. It is, but... It's got like... less, less sort of human drama to it, less sort of family drama to it. Yeah. I mean, there is the point with Mick, which we'll get to in a bit. But there is a set, There are parts of this which are very similar. That he needs more self belief, and he needs everybody to believe in him that he can do this. And yeah. but in this one, it's it, it, everyone else believes he can do it, but, but he, he doesn't. doesn't. Yeah. So that's the change. Yeah. But but that's the weight of expectations now. I suppose it's it's supposed to be a coming of age sort of. He the, the son becomes the fuck because he's now he that he's a father and a husband and he's got yeah. and it's like now he's got all this this extra weight of expectation on him that he had although he did have that in two I suppose well, he had, yeah he had that in two and that's one of the but now it's, that he had it's the public perception of him because he's like a huge celebrity like yeah. when, they, when they start training for it it's like the world champion trains here and it's this huge like circus of they're selling Rocky merch everywhere <laughs> that's all real Rocky merch yeah it? Yeah, it's like, and apparently that um, that bit of him on the Muppet Show is just when Sylvester Sloan went on the Muppet yep. Show, and they just re re edited it, so he got Kermit the Frog going, "It's Rocky Balboa." Yeah, <laughs> I love it. It's so good, but like, just yeah, ridiculous. Like, and clearly they're making a shitload of money as well as everything. He's living in this huge mansion, and my favorite bit of that is when they, they show like Christmas Day morning, 
and like Adrian's wearing a fur or whatever, and Rocky's there on a Harley in the living room. Yeah. Just like, did he buy that for himself and bring it in to show it off? Like yeah, what? Did, like, did, did Adrian buy it for Rocky it's, and it's, bring it into the living bizarre. room? It's bizarre. They've got this huge mansion where Mick lives with yeah. them, which is a point we'll get onto because the first sort of big bit of story past the montage is this little sequence with Paulie. Yeah. Where Paulie is... Feels a bit tacked on. A little bit. Um, and it sort of just peters out into nothing, really, isn't it? You think, because like, they make it out like, in that montage, that where he keeps, like, you keep cutting over to Paulie and he's like, Adrian's loving it and he's not happy and he keeps drinking and you think, oh, there's going to be some issue with Paulie and it's resolved within five minutes. Yeah, because he gives him a job. Because he gives him, like, can I have a job? All he had to do was ask. But they like, but they have a little scuffle. Yeah, so he, basically, Paulie goes out and then he, um, so he fin- is, I think he's a Rocky um, pinball machine, isn't it? Yeah. It's a Rocky branded pinball machine that he sees in an arcade and he throws his bottle at it, smashes it all up. Slow motion. In slow motion. You think, oh, it's so dramatic. Um, Rocky picks him up from the drunk tank. Rocky's wearing some bizarre shit. Like, Rocky's so different. It's like, he's, yeah. we- he's wearing a suit and tie. He's got, like, like these felt gloves on. Like, <laughs> he's like, what happened to you, man? You know, remember, out. remember the neighbourhood. Like, I've literally got it written in here that Rocky is sold out in, in my show notes. Yeah. Um, yeah, Rocky sold out. Yeah, big time. But yeah, and I think part of that is that, you know, it again, this is another written by, directed by and starring Sly. And there are some parts in there that are quite good, but like the bit when Paulie goes into the arcade, you see him and he's like surrounded by the kids and he's sort of, you see him loosen up. Mm. And he sort of chills out a bit, and he's looking around, having a nice time. And then all of a sudden, it's just like bang! There's a Rocky pinball machine. Just can't get away from it. No. Can't get away from Rocky's success, no matter where he turns. Yeah, because I think there's the bit in the bar, isn't it? Where it's like, oh, uh, Paulie, give Rocky your best. Yeah. Best time. So it's like, hey, well, why don't you? I've been coming here for years. Why don't you give me your best? Yeah. Is that because you're a piece of shit, Paulie? That's why. Because <laughs> you've done nothing for anyone, and you just you've got this big chip on your shoulder. Like you think everyone owes you something. No one owes you nothing. You're just a lazy. Jealous, bum, and then he takes a swing at Rocky. That doesn't yeah. go well for him. I don't sweat you. That's that, that, that's Paulie's new catchphrase in this one. Is I don't sweat you. He keeps trying to fight people. So I think he tries to fight Rocky. He tries to fight Thunderlips, and he tries to fight Apollo, all with yeah. the same line saying I don't sweat you. And any one of those men could kill him yeah, like, by he, looking at him. He don't sweat. No, I don't sweat you. I don't, don't sweat. Him. Fucking idiot. Honestly, yeah, Paulie's a piece of shit. But yeah, and then that gets sort of. Yeah, he gives him a job, and then that's that's the end of it. And then then we're on to Thunderlips. So, so <laughs> I love this bit. Yeah, like, well, as, as ludicrous as it is, and it's so out of place for a Rocky film. But it's one of those things that when you sort of first watch it, you're like, this is why is this happening? Mm. And then you realise that these things do happen. Yeah, and this is sort of symptomatic of the stuff that Sly was going through, as we spoke about in the last film. This one is another like big mirror image. Yeah of Sly's life mm. because he made Rocky 1 became super famous and then had all the embittered part of him mm. and then this time is that he's got no peace he's got no secrecy or privacy from the press and everybody around him everybody knows him mm. so it's sort of reflected with that and he keeps having to do like these things where they're a bit embarrassing so they put him in with Hulk <laughs> with Thunderlips Thunderlips and it's Hulk Hogan and you appreciate how fucking massive that dude was oh yeah he's fucking huge he's huge and like yeah and they've got this whole weird like, I don't know why they came up with this weird character for him for Thunderlips where he feels like they he, wouldn't have allowed them to use Hulk Hogan well because WWE or WWF. Ref at that point but yeah also so there's like so 
names and characters are licensed to WWE. Right. So if they appear in something, they have to. If they're still within contract, they have to appear as that character. Right. So Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah. First appeared as the Rock in films, mm-hmm. and then John Cena just happens to be his name. Um, but he continues to appear as that. The Undertaker is in films as the Undertaker and not Mark. But yeah, and it's one of those things. But one thing I like about this is that it is very, very, it's very indicative of how wrestling works. Yeah, well, well, I, you say that because basically the, the sort of fundamental thing that happens here is that he's nuts, the wrestler, and he just goes, he's goes mental and rocking. He's throwing him around yeah. and doing these ridiculous, huge wrestling moves. Um, but the idea is... Obviously, we know that wrestling and this kind of wrestling... What are you saying now? ...is pre-rehearsed. Fuck you! <laughs> it is, mate. I'm right. So this kind of wrestling, this... So not like... A, I'm talking about WWE, WWF, like, showboating, like, The Rock and Cena and all those guys. It's... Well, you're listening to someone that's a... You're talking to someone that's a bit of an expert on these things. I know that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you want to... How, do you want to elaborate about why you're such an expert, or do you want to... No, not really. Okay. I like to keep my secrets. Okay, fair enough. Um, but we were, let's put it this way. We, we Some of us had lives before we joined the oil rig. Yes. Yes, and then we'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, there's a reason why we've banished ourselves to the oil rig. Yes. The characteristics of how Thunderlips is presented is quite indicative of how a wrestling match would go down. But at the same time, it's really bizarre yeah. that it's in... A Rocky movie. Yeah, because, like, because, sorry, what I was saying is, like, so there's the pre rehearsed element of it, but then Rocky doesn't know that because he's a boxer. Yeah. So he goes in and tries to. He is a bit of a dummy. He's dumb. He, he, like, he goes in and he's just, hey, I thought we can just, because he's talking to him in the ring. So like, oh, I thought maybe you can chase me around, I can chase you around. And then this guy, like, picks him up and just throws him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but, like, if it's not. If you're not ready for it, surely you would have really seriously hurt Rocky. Like, there's a time when he picks him up and drops him on his knee. Like, the Bane. Breaking yeah. the back sort of move. So a lot of... Like surely that would, like, if you haven't prepared for it and you've not done it properly, that's going to fucking break some ribs, isn't it? Surely. Well, I mean, the thing is, so in in the real world, mm. a lot of these moves, and this is, sorry to pull back the curtain, everybody, no, don't. but a lot of these moves are designed to look really yeah. painful yeah. and really damaging, but what you're not really doing a lot. So the move that you say about... With the rib buster, where he yeah. drops him to his knee. Yeah. Slide probably wouldn't really have felt that. How? Because what you you just you the bump when it, when it the impact looks like it hits really hard is the ring itself moving. All right. So underneath the mat there are the boards, and underneath the boards there is a compression spring right. which allows the ring a little bit of bounce. Mm. So when you hear somebody hit the mat really hard, that's that bouncing. Okay. And then the moves that you see, it's called selling, Yeah. so you sell it to make it look like that. But obviously, in Rocky Three, the illusion is maintained that wrestling isn't just sports entertainment, mm. but is this big physical thing that it was back then. Yeah. You know, the curtain shifted a bit now. People are more understanding about it being sports entertainment. And back then it was a bit different. <laughs> but, like, for example, the suplex that he does, which is called a stool suplex, where you lift him up horizontally, oh, yeah, upside that, yeah, down. Yeah. Uh, vertically, sorry, upside down. And then you drop back. Yeah. That that requires a lot of control. Yeah. Not just from you, but from the person that you're lifting. Yeah, exactly. So, so how they, they have to move their body in turn with you. Yeah. 
So then they have to be able to hold themselves perfectly upright at the top for that stall suplex to be in place. Yeah. And then when you fall back, you're the person taking the damage. Yeah. Because it hurts you more than it does them because right. your impact hit first and they sort of just rolling through. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I don't uh, know how... It's, it's, like I said, it is really bizarre. And there are these showboating things, but because like boxers and famous people... Like, for example, Stephen Amell from CW's yeah, he Arrow. Does, yeah. He pops up in WWE yeah, yeah, quite yeah. a lot. Um, he's been in big pay-per-view matches. you know. So these showboaty things still happen. Yeah. But it does feel really confusing that in this realistic boxing film, there is the yeah the sports entertainment. Because wrestling. there's just a bit... And then he get, sort of... He just gets... I think it goes too far, doesn't it? But he like... So Rocky gets thrown out of the ring. He Into the crowd. In, so he, which wouldn't happen. Thunderlips picks him up and he's about to throw him up. And then Rocky just goes, Adrian! Rocky! And as he's being thrown, he goes, Catch me! Somebody catch me! Catch me! <laughs> it's like, it's, oh, it's a cartoon now. Okay, yeah. Rocky, Rocky's a cartoon now. Yeah, okay. so it sets the tone quite quickly. <laughs> it's like, this is the first like ten minutes of the third movie and we go, okay, this isn't like the last two. <laughs> this ain't the old Rocky film. And like I said in the previous in the previous episodes that we've done about Rocky, is that from two onwards is a significant yeah. shift. Yeah. Um, and I would say probably up until Creed. Yeah. That there is this massive jump of realism. Oh, really? What yeah. even like? Do they not bring it back a bit in Balboa? Not really. Because he's 60. Because he's old as fuck. <laughs> and he's going up against the current heavyweight champion. Jesus. Who would just kill him. Yeah. But, like, yeah, so we'll get on to this. But, so, basically, this one sort of explores Rocky's actual skill as a boxer or lack thereof. Yeah. Uh, because they've, they've always talked about how, like, he basically won the title and he's, he's got as far as he has on his sheer grit and determination and his ability to take a punch. Um, and they sort Nick of even addresses it and says it, yeah. yeah, it says it, he had an iron jaw, yeah, an iron cast jaw. iron jaw, yeah. Um, because once we get over that, once we pass the um, sorry, before we move on, just quickly, a couple of things I want to mention about the Thunderlips lines. There are some amazing little, like, fun lines at this beginning bit, and it, again, like you say, it's all about um, setting the tone, but I just love um, when he's when Thunderlips enters and Paul just goes, Why are they carrying him? Yeah. <laughs> Mick just goes, he's walking. <laughs> or like Mick describes him as a dinosaur. Is it you ever fight a dinosaur? Yep. Not lately. Is it? Yeah, and there are some there are some think, weird lines. My favourite bit though is because Mick, like again, I love Mick so much. But there's a bit where like he goes uh, Rock goes, Oh, Laura Janey. <laughs> it's like, yes, yes he is Rock. <laughs> goes, what do you think he eats? And then Mick just goes, about, about 202 pounds. And then the <laughs> announcer goes, weighing in at 202 pounds for Rocky. <laughs> yeah. And then Mick just has this grin on his face. Because, like, he goes, I couldn't have timed that better. That's perfect. <laughs> like, he's just happy with himself that his joke landed exactly when it did. Oh, <laughs> uh, he smashed it. I, yeah, I love Mick. Um, but, yeah, anyway, so mo- moving on from... Um, one thing I would say is, um, the, when you were saying about the size difference between them, yeah, there's only... Six inches. What? But it looks way more yeah. because Hogan's got uh, wrestling boots on. Right. So wrestling boots are... So on the outside, you'll see it looks like they've got about an inch of heel. Yeah. But then on the inside of that is normally about another inch or so. Fucking <laughs> So again, 
pulling back the curtain Stop, a little bit. Stop, you're ruining the magic. And Sly is misquoted at his height as well in this. They say he's six. They, they say he's like six foot or six foot two. It's like, get fucked, don't you? <laughs> and he's five foot ten. Yeah, um, yeah, I love it. And it's just like, it turns into this absolute chaotic scene where like, Thunderlips just starts beating up people, yeah. just general people. Just starts throwing people around. And then Rocky has to cut my gloves off. I've got to stop this guy. He's like, yeah. he's like the rhino from fucking Spider-Man. It's like, he's just, he's on a ramp. He's like the juggernaut. Shit, I've got to stop him. Yeah. He's just going to, he's going to wreck shit. Uh, yeah. And it's, but yeah, it's very, very strange. But then it then does serve it, a narrative purpose as well, because it introduces the part where Mick has a problem with his heart. True. Yeah. So Mick, when Rocky gets thrown for the ring, Mick, freaks out and has a bit has an issue with his heart um, and Al sort of tends to him is yeah. it Al or is it Paulie I think it's Paulie okay I hope it's Paulie maybe, maybe no, actually no Paulie no Paulie because Paulie gets in the ring and hits Thunderlips with the chair yeah because Paulie's too much that. Oh, you don't sweat him sorry I, I thought Paulie might have done something decent as a human being at one point and then I realised I'm talking about Paulie <laughs> so <laughs> fuck that guy anyway <laughs> speaking of they then go back yeah so they're back at the mansion they leave the kid with Paulie who's going to take him to the dog track another thing that you've missed what this is the first time that we see Clubber Lang in the audience oh right yeah yeah so, no well we've seen him in the montage previously. yeah we've seen him in the montage but this is the first time that we see him like praying and stalking Rocky. Oh yeah, he's stalking him and like, and he's wearing. That's what I love. At this, he's wearing the most legit fucking suit ever. And he's got the, the like the feathers and stuff yeah. for his earrings. And he's just, well, he's just Mister T. He's dressed as Mister T. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, like everything that follows this is Mister T. Yeah, and uh, like honestly, I could do a whole episode of Mister T because he's fucking amazing. Like, there's a story about with Mister T. There's a story about everything to yeah. him. There's a story about the jewelry. Yeah, which isn't just like a line it's a whole big thing about why he had all that jewellery on there's a reason why he stopped wearing the jewellery there's a reason that he's called Mr T yeah there's a reason why that he has his hair in a certain way there's a reason why he does everything the guy's fucking ma- like just he's just amazing we might have to do like a, a bonus episode on Mr T one day <laughs> no we'll do a post credit thing I'll tell you a bunch of shit about Mr T <laughs> because it's just fucking brilliant the guy, like the truth is stranger than fiction in a lot of this yeah yeah um, so speaking of, we then go straight. We then go uh, via Rocky's house to the unveiling of the statue, and the statue is an interesting point as well, isn't it? Because they tried to actually have it put up in Philadelphia in real life, didn't they? They did for a while, yeah, and then it got taken away, yeah, and then it got brought back, um, but moved. Is and it, it got at the move? It's at the bottom of the stairs now, isn't it? I think so. It's it, yeah. So the entrance of a park, which yeah. is at the bottom of the stairs, yeah. So it's not like right at the bottom because they were like, I think the, it was the Philadelphia Museum of Art, isn't it? Or well, Sly tried to donate it to the museum, yeah. And they were like, it's a movie prop. We don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, yeah. It's not art. It's a statue of yourself, Mister Sloan. Exactly. Fuck off, Mister like... Sloan. This is literally an idol that you've made for yourself. <laughs> it weighs. Two tons. It's yours, mate. We don't want it because we've actually got art in this building. <laughs> I love it. Oh, just... you built your own statue in your own honour, and it. you'd like to donate it because you're doing a good gesture by giving us an image of yourself to put in front of our museum of art. What I would love is just like in like you know thousands of years time, and obviously inevitably the whole world just collapses and society just crumbles into nothing. Like the statue of David, and the, like that doesn't exist anymore. 
but we still have the statue of Rocky from Rocky Three, <laughs> and, and, so, and so like archaeo- alien archaeologists believe that he was like the epitome of human endeavor. He was the king of Philadelphia. He was the king. <laughs> Once Philadelphia had a king. His name was King Rock. King Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> And the, these King are, Robert Balboa, and it will turn into like um, what's it? Galaxy Quest when they they find the historic <laughs> the historical archives of Rocky One, Rocky Two, Rocky Three. This is the story of King Rock of Philadelphia. Yeah, but interesting that um, there's another little sort of point about that. Um, so when the statue got taken down, mm. there was a girl. Who I think it was an eight, eight or nine year old girl. Oh yeah, no, I heard about this. Yeah, and she did a big petition. Like door to door, outside of boxing match, she's got something like twenty thousand signatures yeah, in this petition. And yeah, because I mean, I only read about this whilst I was sort of looking up a couple of little bits of trivia. But um, yeah, and then Rocky invited her back for I think it was the premiere or something. Yeah, I think held so. her up with the statue. Yeah. and for, yeah. I think it was the premiere of Balboa, wasn't it? I'm not sure. Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head, but. But yeah, and then uh, yeah, and then yeah, they leave Paulie at the house. Don't take him to the track. And then another thing that was just a weird character decision is when they leave the kid there, and they say, "Okay, we're going now." And it's Mick, Rock, and Adrian leaving. Yeah. If you look back at Paulie, he's just patting the kid on the head. Is he? Yeah, and I mean not not in like an affectionate way. It's literally just a. <laughs> on top of the head, he's stopped doing that. Please. And, it's, and it's really weird. <laughs> yeah, it is. No, and then yeah. So we basically we get the statue unveiling and Rocky. And they're, they're playing the Rocky theme. They've got brass band playing the Rocky theme because it's still unclear as to whether the Rocky theme exists within the world of the movie or is a non-diegetic bit of music that is played over the top. I can't tell. I think it's the only thing that Rocky can hear. <laughs> so I think whenever he hears any music, which is why he can't dance. <laughs> no, cause so like, this is no, my headcanon. because no, no, later, because uh, Paulie's got the uh, the uh, boombox that's playing the Eye, yeah. of, the Eye of the Tiger. And that's why he can't dance, because he's like, All he can hear I can't is dance to this. And he's like, I can't dance. I can't do this in time to it. And he just makes it up. So if you notice, Rocky won, he whistles it. Yeah, Rocky Two, a band plays it. Yeah, Rocky Three, a band plays it in a couple of places. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's the only song that he can hear. I think he's been hit in the head so many times that that's what goes through his head constantly. I love that it's just it, it takes on a life of its own, both within the world of the movie and and outside of it. It's yeah, like, um, but yeah, he has this statue dedicated to him as Philadelphia's favorite son. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a point that they note in this, and he says. Um, Whilst it's been unveiled, he says uh, three years ago, yeah, uh, he did his first fight with Apollo. With Apollo, and you're like, Jesus, you've had a rough few years, haven't you, mate? Well, <laughs> you say that, but he's in better shape now than he yeah, was. He's in better big. shape, but everyone around him, including himself, have aged significantly. Well, yeah, in three because, years. <laughs> because they had to do that because I think it was like Paulie's weight is all over the place. Yeah, you know, like. What was it? A year ago or two years ago when he, he was in the second fight with Creed? I just like he was in great shape. Do you remember when Asian was in a coma for a bit and then now she's all right? Yeah, she's fine now. <laughs> remember when she was really bookish and really quiet? And now she's oh, and, yeah. and now she's not. Yeah, Adrian's character arc is he's steep. Yeah, well, it's not. It's not an arc so much as it's a fucking hill. He literally puts a pen in it to sort of accentuate it. Yeah, it's when like they're having this big debate later. Yeah. 
So what happened to you? You should be shy. When did you, you get so tough? I live with a fighter. Fucking <laughs> 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 <Rocky> three. <laughs> Fucking love it. It's so many good lines. Um, yeah, anyway, so we, we can't go beat by beat. It's not go beat by beat. No. Um, we do have to bring up another couple of quotes from this bit because there is... Um, when he said that everyone in Philadelphia really took him inside. Strange way of putting it. It's a weird way of putting it. Well, it's Three the, years ago, it's been rough. Well, yeah, but that's what I mean. Like He always has a very strange way of putting things. He's not quite right. Because like, before this, he's telling the story of the three bears. Yeah. And he goes, thereby revealing her to the uh, public. He talks yeah. about when Goldilocks gets found in the in the Papa Bear's bed or something. He's like, why are you telling... What? What? Like, yeah, he's still not quite right. No, that's it. But anyway, yeah, so we, we get this, and then obviously Mr. T crashes the party. Shut up, old man, I ain't go nowhere. I ain't go nowhere! <laughs> you can't duck me! <laughs> so he basically... Shut up, old man! Because he keeps saying it, and then it's, it's shut up, no, old man, and then, hey, woman. Hey, woman! Hey, woman! Hey, woman! Yeah, that's the final straw. So Rocky's, like, not having any of it. He's having a go at Mick, and Mick, Mick is shouting back at him, saying, he's not, you're not getting a shot at the title. Yeah. You're not getting a shot. And then Clubber goes in after Adrian. Yeah, because this is just after Rocky says that he's going to retire. Yeah, so Rocky, this is in reaction to Rocky saying he's going to retire. The yeah. second he says it, he gets big, all the crowd goes, no, don't do it, Rocky. And then suddenly, hey, it's fucking Clubber. <laughs> and he's yeah. not having any of it. He's like, you ain't getting away that easy. He says he's afraid. Yeah. But then, yeah, it's, it, Rocky's not bothered about any of that. The thing that tips him over the edge is when he has he goes after Adrian. Yeah. So he says, hey, woman, hey, woman, get over here. Why don't you get yourself a real man? I bet you lay awake at night dreaming you had a w- real man. Get your pretty little self over to my apartment. And then Rocky's just like, you want it, you got it. You want it, you piece of shit. <laughs> like, Mick's already gone. Mick literally walks away. Because mm-hmm. he says to him, like, look, if you want to fight him, fine, you're doing it without me. Yep. And fucks off. And then Rocky, like, before he even has a chance to go after him, Clubber goes in on Adrian and then it's on. That's it. Yeah. So, that, right, that's <laughs> it. <They're But> why... <laughs> When they go back to the house, interestingly, the house that they go to is uh, Muhammad Ali's house. Yeah, I read that. Yeah. Um, but also, I like when they drive back, they're clearly being driven in a limo by a limo driver. Yeah. But the limo driver pulls up and then just jumps on the brakes. Like, he's really angry as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like, like I imagine they, they filmed it a couple of times and it was like really slow and gentle and they went, no, no, we need you to drive angry. Yeah. I don't know. Drive angry. Yeah. That's your direction. Go. Yeah, like the Nick Cage film. Yeah. Um, and then, then there is quite a sweet moment when yeah. so there are there are mo- there are a couple of although we say that this is very much a sort of popcorny fun movie yeah. that it's Mick is the heart of it and that the biggest sort of example of that or one of the biggest anyway is this scene with him and Rock immediately following it where the biggest sort of revelation out of it is Mick says to him look you can't win against this guy he's been watching him and we saw that in the montage earlier because yeah. again the montage gave us everything we needed. <laughs> um, you can't beat him. I've watched him. I know you can't beat him. And not only that, right, the fights that you fought were hand-picked to make sure yeah. to keep you safe. They were good yeah. fighters, but they weren't hungry. They weren't contenders. They weren't... Yeah. So they, what he said, and then that completely like devastates Rocky because he just feels like it's all been a lie and all this sort yeah. of... That he feels great about himself and about how great, how great he is. And then it turns out that he's not that great. It's just been... He's been carried. He says, you've been carrying me this whole time. Yeah. And that becomes the sort of driving focus of the movie, I guess, isn't it? It's like, because the first time, like you say, his focus was proving that he wasn't a bum. Second time around, it was proving that he was worth something. This time around, now he's got to prove that all the fame and, you know, success that he's had was deserved, mm-hmm. I guess, is what the, the point of it is. Yeah. 
And then... He'll knock you into tomorrow, Rock. Yeah, he'll kill you to death. He'll kill you to this death. This guy's a wrecking machine. Um, you ain't hungry. Hell, you ain't MB hungry since you got that title. That's what annoys me about Mick a little bit, though, I've got to say. Is that he's... It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. He's done it to himself. Like, he's made Rock soft by giving him fights that he knows he can win. Yeah. Never, by never challenging him, he's met, he's got him into this position where now, when a big challenger like Clubber comes up, he's not prepared for it because he's been having all these easy matches. But they're not... Okay, yeah. So the thing is, is that they're not going to be easy matches because otherwise it would be really obvious. But what they're not doing is they're not putting him up against the guy that's fought him way up from the bottom. Yeah. Who is the number one contender? Yeah. So basically, like in boxing, there is a contender is somebody that could go for the title, and the number one contender is somebody that's beaten everybody else. Yeah. And the only person he hasn't fought is it's the world the, heavyweight yeah. champion. So, um, yeah, and then because Clubber Lang says I'm ranked number one, yeah, which people will be like, oh well, no, Rocky's number one. He's like, no, because he's the number one contender. Yeah. So and then above that is the champ. Yeah. But yeah, and it's. It's there are some really nice bits in it, and I get like Mick was doing it to protect Rocky, and he was trying to give him everything that he wanted and needed, but he would still let him fight. Yeah. But at the same time, he didn't want to put him at risk. Yeah. Of losing it all because he saw what happened to Rocky before. Well, they, yeah, they said that your fight with Apollo should have killed you. Yeah. It's like, and they they don't mention it, but there's still that whole thing about what if you get punched in the left side of the face, are you going to go blind? His right eye. Is it right eye? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. His left, my right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, and then event, so eventually, he sort of, and Rocky, I'm not, he's a bit of an arse really, because he sort of, he guilts Mick into getting into training in one last time, because Mick's done, he's packing his bags. Yeah, Mick is literally saying he's going on a permanent vacation. And Rocky sort of guilts him and sort of, and plays, you know, oh, Mick, I can't do it without you, Mick, please. He and literally Mick, blackmails him by saying, if you don't, I'll tell everyone you ain't bought a new pair of underwear in 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> and Mick responds with, you would, wouldn't you? Which, again, is like another it's, moment yeah. to show the connection, which is why I wouldn't say that Rocky Three is like the Hollywoodized one. No. Because there are still really sweet and touching moments and tender moments that yeah. are in there. True. Yeah, true. It's not, it's not without heart. Which is the yeah. essential element of all Rocky films, really, isn't it? I yeah. think if it didn't have heart, then it would be. Yeah, but and they all do because. Like, well, well, is... maybe not Rocky Five. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Rocky Five is an interesting one, um, but again, we've got two weeks before we get there. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, and then the, the, there's the aforementioned part of the media training day. Yeah. Uh, that's so weird. The, but like, that's all his training is done around there, though, isn't it? They keep showing that's the only place he trains. Yeah, and he's like continuously training with giant crowds of people in there. Yeah, with Mickey chowing at him. like a full band. <laughs> I love the band bit. Yeah, so they, they go. They have this whole montage where he's training with all these people in there and like signing autographs and like all the rest of it whilst he's doing it. And then at one point he's like fight, he's sparring with someone in a ring they've got set up. It's his brother. Is that what it is? All right. Um, and they've got like a full band to go in there and they're just like quietly in the background. And Mick's just like, shut up! Learn a different tune! Because like, he's sick of hearing the same tune all day, every day. <laughs> I love that there's just a band following him around. Oh, it's... oh mate. The, so, but also, um, like you know what I was saying about Sly's brother? Yeah. So uh, his training partner is is Sly's brother, which you can't see because he's always got his back to the camera. Yeah. But also the singer 
from the first it's and second, second one guy, is Sly's brother. But yeah. he also appears as the singer again in the training part, in okay. the training centre. And he's singing a song which is called Pushing, Getting Ready for the Fight. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, which yeah. is Pushing, Getting, getting ready, ready for, for the Fight. The fight. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, which is probably the most on the nose song. I don't know. Uh, I think I've ever heard. I don't know. I feel like Eye of the Tiger gets pretty on the nose purely by the fact that Apollo can't stop saying can't it. Can't stop saying it, can he? <laughs> um, but yeah, we speaking of Apollo, so we, we're getting, we then get to the fight. So it's the fight between yeah. Rocky and Clubber the first time round. Um, and, but before we get into the ring and that everything kicks off, well, everything kicks off before we get into the ring, basically. <laughs> yeah, it does. So Clubber's, Fucking furious! Everyone, they're, they're interviewing Rocky before it. Rocky seems really chilled out, and laid back. So yeah, no, it's going to be fun. Oh no, this is definitely going to be my last match. Yeah, yeah, no, this is it. Like really chilled. Clubber's in there, and he's like a caged animal, like pacing back and forth, pounding on lockers, pounding on lockers. Everyone's asking questions. He's like, get out of here! I want to be alone. I want to be. Alone. I live. I live alone. I train alone. I win the title alone. <laughs> yeah, which just, is again is strange considering he's a boxer. Yeah. You know kind of should train with other people yeah and then later on he has a full like corner team yeah, isn't he because all of his mates with him but, but again this is this is another like another sort of mirror image that we saw from previous films yeah which is where it was Rocky sort of just on his own praying yeah before the fight and then Apollo was surrounded by all these people yeah so and so yeah again during that montage when Rocky was training you kept seeing Clubber training Clubber's completely on his own yeah in like dirty gyms in the back of nowhere, just running in on, on the street. Meanwhile, Rocky's running. Like, he's doing pull-ups on on rope. Yeah, so he's got rope looped over like a a, a a roof bar. Yeah, and he's doing pull-ups on that. And but yeah, he's, he's getting more and more scary. Good shape. He's getting more and more hit up to a point where when they come out to go to the, for the fight, they see each other in the hallway, and he starts going in on Rock again. Yeah, and taking the piss. Mick tries to get him to calm the fuck down, and he gets. Heart has another heart attack. Yeah, because well, because um, Clubber sort of pushes him, pushes him out of the way. Yeah, pushes him out. Of the way. There's a big like fra- there's too many people in the hallway and there's yeah. all chaos. But at one point, yeah, Clubber pushes Mick to one side and he sort of falls to his feet. Uh, falls to his feet. Falls to the floor. Falls to the floor. Um, and yeah, and Mick's in a really bad way. And Rock's like, right, everyone, get, shut the fuck up. And they just like he grabs him, takes him into back into the changing room with him and Adrian. He's mm-hmm. like, right, I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to fight. Mick, are you okay? Are you okay? And he's like, and Mick, he's struggling to even talk, but he says, "What are you talking about? You've got, to go, you've got to go and fight." Yeah, you've got to go. The fight's not off. Don't be stupid, sort of thing. He puts a brave face in it for Rocky. Yeah, and Rocky's like, "Okay, fine." And he goes off, and he just looks back, and Adrian's with him, and he take care of him. Yeah, and goes and has the fight, and they bring the pair of them out. They've got Apollo Creed is there to give commentary. Yeah, which so is Apollo the, is there as the uh, the character commentary yeah Apollo comes in as the previous champ and is like shaking the hands goes to shake Clubber's hand Clubber gives him a load of shit calls him a has-been calls, calls him a has-been get out of my face boy hey boy he calls him boy later doesn't he yeah but it, yeah fucking Clubber hates everyone he's so angry I don't know why but it's because it's Mr. T <laughs> oh Mr. T's a good man yeah but no I mean Clubber Lang is a mean guy Clubber Lang and Clubber Lang is like the epitome of a villain oh yeah <laughs> you understand that you're casting yourself as the villain. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, he knows. Um, Pity the fool. And then so there, yeah, then um, so they, they breathe that. There's a bit of animosity between Apollo as well, which we'll come back later. Um, but then we get into the fight, and Rocky's just obviously all he's thinking about is how's Mick. He says it before the first round starts. 
the first round happens and he gets absolutely pummeled. Yeah. And then he comes back to the corner and he's like, where's Mick? Where's Mick? That's all he can think about is Mick. Yeah. He's not in it. He doesn't, like, even if he was, though, to be fair, he had no chance against this guy at this no, point. No, he's going to get his ass kicked. Um, so he goes back out for the second round and it's not long. He just gets beaten to shit and gets knocked out. Yeah, TKO. TKO in the second round and quickly rushes back to see Mick. Now, you've flipped over your page so you haven't got the cryo face anymore. No, but do you there's, want to talk? There's another one there. So old Mick. So yeah, this is this so is. Let me have the, yeah the by far the most dramatic scene of the film, isn't it? Uh yeah. So it's like I, we're we're speaking with quiet reverence, as you know, as, but it is for the character rather than Burgess Meredith, who didn't die for like another fifteen years. But seeing Mick go is is amazing because when he says. Is it over? And he says, "Yeah." And he says, "How did we do?" He said, "It was a knockout." He said, "Oh, what round? Second round." So Mick dies thinking that Rocky's have won. Yeah. And then he says he loves him. And then he says, "It hurts me." And then he dies, and it's just like, oh, it's so fucking good. so powerful. And then it's just so- seeing Sly just fall apart. Yeah, and like, I know you say his, his acting drops off, but I feel like I don't know how. Oh no, it picks up here. Yeah. I feel like he couldn't have done the better, I think. No, no, no. And it... Yeah. I think this part, and I know it's a bit ham-fisted... But the beach. The beach. But I think these two are two of the more... Two of the most powerful moments that you'll see from Sly's performances across probably the first five films. Yeah, yeah. Um, There are other points, but actually seeing him display emotion properly, Mm. because he seems... He's a fairly stoic guy. He keeps a lot to himself. Yeah. But this is the first time you see that him sort of really collapse yeah and it's it's a really really powerful moment like for what it is and then you know Mick's gone and he was like like I said previously you know he was the spirit of Rocky's boxing yeah and that's what I mean by when I was talking earlier about him being a father it's not so much what I meant what I meant was it's because Mick's gone it's like it's when your parents pass on and you have to step up that extra like your support network your person you look up to you have to be that person now yeah and it's that sort of passing of the torch type thing. It's like, well, I haven't got my dad's gone, sort of thing. And like, now yeah. what? What do I do? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is the kind of the big, the central point of Rocky Three, is that he doesn't know what to do without Mick. Um, and and yeah, and it, it's a huge thing. Like he's he doesn't give a shit about boxing anymore. He doesn't want to know anything to do with it after no. this. But then yeah, and then we get the the morning montage. Because sad montage. Sad yeah. montage. Everything has to be done in the montage. So we have sad Rocky on a bridge. We have sad Rocky driving his motorbike around, but now he's wearing a helmet because yeah. he knows he can get beaten. He throws up. the helmet at his statue. But he throws up to the statue and he's he's so angry. And he's just, yeah. And eventually he ends up back at Mick's gym. Yeah. Um, and he's punching things as he goes and he's just like, he's very dejected and on his own. And then, stepping out of the shadows. <laughs> It's Apollo Creed. Apollo turns up. Apollo turns up. Um, and he's got a plan. And he basically sort of, he eventually committed, he said, look, I know your trainer died and has got you all messed up. Yeah. But you you can do it. He used to have the eye of the tiger. And that's the first time he drops the eye of the tiger line. And he, he says it about half a dozen times. Yeah. But it is, it, yeah, and then we sort of get on with this eye of the tiger man, eye of the tiger sort yeah. of montage yeah. and it sort of builds up and they he takes Rocky out to LA yeah. and you sort of see where 
sort of Apollo train from yeah that's a bit well, so there's a bit of a racial undertone well, it's not even an undertone but like there's a whole thing where he takes him out to LA to these these back alley sort of you know this is where I started and it's a boxing gym in the middle of you know in the in some sort of dingy dark alley it's called Tough Gym Tough Gym um, but everyone, <laughs> all the guys training in there are black boxers yeah just exclusively black boxers and so when Adrian Paulie and Rocky turn up there's a bit of tension. There's like this whole thing where they all stop and they all start staring at him. They start staring at him not with normal eyes, but with the eyes of tigers. Yeah, they've got the eyes of tigers. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what that's what that's what Rocky needs to get Rocky back. needs to get back. He needs to get back the eye of the tiger because yeah. that's what he had when he fought Apollo. He doesn't have it anymore. Yeah, he needs to get the eye but of the tiger. Apollo didn't have it. And then there's this weird bit with Paulie where he's like, I don't like these people. Yeah, and then Rocky just goes, Well, maybe they don't like you either. And it's not really said anymore about then about that. But apart from when, like, when they, they start trying to train Rocky and trying to teach him how to use his feet more and sort of tra- change his style up. And yeah. Paulie makes another comment, which is a bit of a yeah, douchebag. Yeah, he says two racist comments, yeah. which I don't know how racist they would have been back then, but yeah. they definitely are now. Oh yeah. Um, Did and you, you just sort of go, oh, for fuck's sake, Paulie. Yeah. He's, you can't train him like a coloured fighter. Is what he says. Yeah, and it's like he ain't got no rhythm. You can't train yeah. him like a colour fighter. It's like, oh, mate, you can't. Yeah, and it's just, and again, he he square like Apollo starts getting pissed off at him because all he's doing is wandering around with them, moaning basically, and it begs the question: Why the fuck did you even take Paulie with you? Also, why did you says, take him with you? <laughs> what Rocky says about what he's got now? He says, "I've got you, I've got the kid, the kid and and you're like, yeah, you have." Where the fuck is your child? They left him behind again. You just left him behind. I don't know why. Yeah, they're, they're all with whom? With the housemaid or whatever. Okay. Like they, they literally, there's some woman there, isn't there? Who's like presumably come came with the house. It's all right because in Rocky Five, there's a robot. Oh, fuck's sake. Anyway, yeah, the, the poor kid just gets left behind. I don't like. I get taking your wife with you, but does you need to take Paulie with you for a trip to LA, or maybe I don't know, take your kid with you? Like I don't know. Like, exactly. It's really weird. It's all gonna help. But anyway, so yeah, we get into this this first training montage. Just he's not doing it, is he? He can't do it. And Apollo start like he's trying and trying and trying to teach him different things. He try takes him swimming, gets him to start you know moving his body in a different way and you know exercising muscles he didn't know he had all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then Rocky just he's just not into it. And then at one point and <coughs> and Apollo, it is it's what what's what part of this bit is that it is quite an extended part to show. That his heart just isn't in it yeah. at all. So you can see when he's he puts no effort into swimming. Everybody around him is really dejected. Paulie doesn't really care. Adrian's only worried about Rocky. And it seems at this point that Apollo is the only person that's really trying to encourage him. Yeah. And is the last person to sort of keep him, try and keep him going and keep him g'd up until we get to the bit on the beach where yeah. they're running along. And Rocky experiences flashbacks. Yeah, it's, so it's like PTSD. It is literally yeah. like he's. I put it down that he has. Um, yeah, I put it down that he's got PTSD. Rocky's PTSD. I've also put down. Uh, do we think this is Sly's effort to improve race relations? I don't know about that. Oh no! No wait, no, because that's I'm I'm forgetting. So the first two movies were just about a boxer trying to be a boxer and you know getting on with um, a relationship. Beyond that. It's Rocky fixing things in the world. So you're right. Yeah. Rocky three is about him fixing race relations by beating up another black guy. <laughs> Rocky four is about him fixing the Cold War by beating up a Russian. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
I don't think it is. I don't think uh, there's nothing he does to apart from said the one line whereby he you know says to Paulie maybe they don't like you either. There's nothing else he does about right apart from I guess the idea is that him and Apollo are like friends now. Yeah. So they've now become like you said uh, sort of rivals to friends. But it is this whole, he's training totally differently. He's gone from, you know, a predominantly white gym to being the only white, white guy, guy in, yeah, in the yes. gym. And it's like, is is this, and I, this isn't me saying this, this is this is like an observation that I made that, is this a, like a ham-fisted thing? Mm. But then if that's the case, then why is it that Clubber and all his guys are also black? Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, exactly. And fueled by this sort of hate. But what I, th- I think of, part um, of it is that because... There was a black guy as a villain, yeah. Or well, not as the villain, but as the antagonist in two and one. And then this time, his mentor, yeah, his first mentor has passed, but his next mentor is a black guy being trained in a gym that's predominantly black men. Is that like a sly thing? I don't. Am I, I reading so. too much no, into I think, that? No, I think you're right. I mean, obviously, because there was that thing that you said about with Ali, mm. where he said it's about. A white man having to come back and beat up a black guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, I don't know because it, it sort of sends a mixed message because of Clubber and the way yeah. Clubber is. And the thing with Clubber is that he's got like a, he never outright says it, but he's got this sort of chip on his shoulder that is like fueled by hate. Like he hates, yeah. doesn't he? In a way, and I don't know whether it is. It's never said that it's racially charged, is it? But you get. I don't. Yeah, I didn't. I don't. I don't. Didn't see anything sort of. There's no sort of racial undertone well, with Clubber. Well, well I don't know. He called when he calls uh, Apollo boy. Yeah, there is that. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I feel like, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there is. Maybe there is. I don't know. It's a case of those two being friends. I don't know whether Rocket. He's just a case of it will be a good turn in the story to have the guy yeah. I fought last train yeah. me. And the fact I that think he, it's probably the fact that he's black has got nothing to do with it. It might just be what an idea that Stallone had because he said he already sort of admitted that he was running out of ideas. And that's why I think, um, what's his name, Carl Weathers said this is his favourite of all, of the Rocky movies that he was involved in because this is where they humanise Apollo and make him like a real knight and sort of he becomes a bit more of a likeable character in a lot of ways, obviously. Yeah. Here we go. Sorry, let me just read this quite quickly from, um, so this is from something we talked about last week on Rocky 2 with um, Muhammad Ali watching Rocky 2. Um, and he was asked by Roger Ebert, what do you think about the way the fight turned out? And Ali said, for a black man to come out superior would be against America's teachings. I've been so great in boxing they had to come up with an image like Rocky, a white image on the screen to counteract my image in the ring. America has to have its white images no matter where it gets them. Jesus, Wonder Woman, Tarzan and Rocky. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's very right. valid. He's right. You know, I mean, And that's the thing, really... even to, towards nowadays, that... You know, it's taken this long up until, well, this year mm. of all the superhero films that we've had. For what's the what's been the difference in time between Blade and Black Panther? Ten years, wasn't it? Something so, like yeah, that. something like that. It was ninety eight or ninety nine, wasn't it, Blade? Well, that would be twenty years, mate. <laughs> oh Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I'm so old. <laughs> now the nineties were like last last week. It's fine, sharp. But yeah, and then that's that's what I mean. Is it's taken this long? For you know, in these massive gaps of time to have African American superheroes in cinema, yeah, and then yeah, and it's as much as we do love the Rocky films, there are issues within that, yeah, and we and can't that, put it down to that entirely, no, but it is it is an interesting point to take, yeah, and especially now when you consider what's 
the way the franchise is continuing with Creed. Yeah. It's, it, the reason it has managed to reach a new generation and it is sort of continuing the way it is because it has switched over and it has become about a black character and, you know, all the legacy and everything involved in that. Um, yeah, and, it's, and it is suited as well because it's, you know, it's... And it's also addressing sort of social factors as well because, you know, Adonis is in... It's, you know, grew up in like a mansion and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, in a roundabout way, because he starts. He's not. He's an illegitimate son, isn't he? Yeah. For Apollo's, but yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll get into that. We're getting but way yeah, ahead of is, But it is it is an interesting point to talk about the sort of the racial side of Rocky, mm. and it's it's. I, I wouldn't, you know, as a white person, <laughs> I wouldn't see it as that problematic. But that's because I'm inundated with white society and white film. Yeah, it's not something that's sort of particularly prevalent to yeah. someone of you know white upbringing but it is interesting to see how it's received from different sides of the audience yeah but yeah and yeah I mean that's just a bit of an aside I mean I don't like do you remember that um, obviously we started off with a bit of um, Eddie Murphy but there's a there's the bit in um, I think it's Raw isn't it where he talks about what happens when Italians go and see a Rocky movie yeah. and, they, and they get all racist and, and like say oh yeah no I can be, I can take this black guy because I've just seen Rocky and I think and it's reinforcing that thing of white people feeling like they're superior because they yeah. just got out of a movie where a white guy beat the shit into a black guy yeah in the most in the most basic mono a mono guy with his you know, two blokes in a ring who wins the white guy wins exactly Cause, and but it's like yeah and, and it's exactly what like Ali said it's that that's the American narrative only allows for that to be the case they can't mm-hmm. have it turn around and have the black guy be victorious yeah that it's would, taken that would, what 40 years for it to, to yeah. get to that stage and where even, even then it's now led by Michael B. Jordan well yeah it's, it's led by Michael B. Jordan not only in the Creed franchise but also in the Marvel franchise where Killmonger was right <sighs> <laughs> No, I was going to say Black Panther. He doesn't fight a white guy, does he? No, he fights Michael. He fights Creed <laughs> in a weird way. So then, even now, they don't have a, a black guy being victorious over a white man. No, they still don't have that. So even though, the, like you say, they've made progress and we now have a black superhero movie, mm-hmm. we still don't have the the narrative of black being superior to white. No, they're never going to do that. Unfortunately, that's like, and it's this sort of systemic issue within Hollywood. Mm. And it's always black on black violence, and there's a black here. Even like Luke Cage, yeah, is all the villains that he's faced have been black, yeah, because the studio would not likely allow that, yeah. So, and it is a shame, it really is, but and there is should be a change in cinema, but mm. but I mean, there's only so much we can do from here, and the next thing we need to do is talk about what happens on the beach with Adrian, <laughs> because Adrian basically turns the whole film around with the speech. She does. She so Rocky has this PTSD freakout, which we talked about, where he just he stops running and you just can't do it anymore. And Apollo just goes, "No, it's over. You can't do it. Yeah, you can't do it. It's over." And he's literally just left stood on this beach with his arms on his hips, staring out to sea. And then after a while, Adrian comes over and starts talking to him. And they talk about look, you've got to do it for the right reasons. You've got to do it for yourself. Well, she confronts him. Yeah, because she says, "Tell me the truth." Yeah. Because he keeps giving all these different reasons. Yeah. And then it she just keeps at it. She keeps working that point and yeah. saying, tell me the truth, tell me the truth, tell me the truth. And then he snaps. He's like, you want me to break it down? All right? You want me to say it? I'm afraid. 
and it worked and it's a fucking amazing part. it's a great scene yeah. and it is, it is really good and it, it does come across a bit theatrical and a bit over the top yeah because it is a guy screaming on a beach yeah but seeing what we've seen before and him finally admitting to being afraid yeah it really opens up yeah and it's the, fra- it's the fact that, because Mickey would have been the person to have done this before, which is why he's having all these problems. Yeah. Because Mickey would have just cut straight to the quick and been like, you're afraid. Yeah. That's it, because Mickey knew him that well. Yeah, yeah. And Adrian does, but she goes about it in a different way. Yeah. She like breaks it all down and says, look, what is it you're scared of losing? Because you're not going to lose me. Like, exactly. You're talking about losing money and stuff, and talking about, you know, we, we have all these things. I love it when she says, we have this, we have money! <laughs> like, she really emphasised the word money for some reason. <laughs> we have cars, we have houses, we have money! Like, it's like, all right. <laughs> like, just shouting on a beach in LA about how much money we have. It's LA, like, isn't it? All right. He's got money. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like, Paulie in the background, Adrian, this is a rough neighbourhood, you know? Like, <laughs> but, like, yeah. She literally breaks it all down for him and says, look, don't, don't do it for me. Don't do it for the kid. Do it for yourself. Yeah. But if you're going to do it, you better be sure you want to do it for the right reasons. Yeah. And he, and he sort of has a slow, like, quiet moment. He just says, you know, like we said earlier, when, when did you get so tough? Because yeah. I live with a fighter. And yeah. she's so, and that is, that scene is such a massive difference between her and like, remember Adrian in the, in the pet shop? When he's yeah. trying to tell her a joke. <laughs> like, she couldn't even look him in the eye. She's wearing a hat and glasses and she can't even look. And now she's like... She's screaming at him. Screaming at this And this huge dude as well. <laughs> he's in the best shape of his life wearing a tank top on a beach. Crop top. Crop top. Oh, the crop tops are ridiculous. Crop I mean, but anyway... I've, I've of, even made a specific point about saying that Apollo hasn't waxed in this film. Because if you notice, he's got a hairy chest, which he didn't have in the others. There you go. I mean, speaking of, we then get into... The the training montage, which is the one set to the Rocky theme, where Rocky starts kicking some ass, and he's getting faster. He's learning how to like getting stronger. He's getting he's getting faster. Rising, he's getting, flying higher, flying higher. He is, yeah. <laughs> is it? He's working hard now. Getting, Punch, fi- punching feeling, harder, feeling stronger. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna fly now. <laughs> um, and yeah, so he's getting he's quite literally like he's learning to be different. So he's like he's doing this whole thing where he's bouncing on his feet and learning how to dodge and learning how to, which. I'm so happy that he finally learned how to dodge a punch. Yeah. Honestly, it's taken this long. Up till now, he's just been catching fists with his face. Cast iron jaw. Yeah, I don't care whether he's got cast iron jaw. You can't just keep getting hit in the face that often. You should at least attempt to get out of the yeah. way of a fist that's coming your way. Yeah. Like, And this time, he finally learns to do it. So he's learning how to dodge things. He's learning how to move better. And he finally, the big sort of culmination because of it. Because it's the tactical change as well. Yeah. Because they know that he can't. He just physically cannot go toe to toe with Club of Lang. No, but that's like most boxers don't do that. Most boxers, no. it's about you know stra- strategy and moving around the ring and all the rest of it. And now they're actually starting to realise that there's more to boxing than just standing there and punching someone and yeah. getting punched by them. And that's <laughs> this. This is a point that I want to address actually, because over the last two weeks, oh. I've specifically mentioned over and over and over and over again that it's this film where the boxing lapses. Yeah. Watching it back this not. week, it's not. No. The boxing in this film is better than the f- boxing in the last one. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm, no, I, I thought that as well. I agree. Because it's, it's, it's not about the boxing so... Well, no, sorry. It's not about the punching so much as about everything else. So it's yeah. the, the movement, the dodging, the yeah. rope-a-dope, the getting people where you want them. 
and that all that sort of strategic stuff, which they haven't done any of up to now. No. Up to now, it's literally just been people going toe to toe and who can punch more yeah. and faster. And that's the thing. Like, I'm quite happy to sort of stand here and say I was wrong. Yeah. Because I've and for years, for well, not for years, for, but for the longest time, I've said, "Oh yeah, you know, three's where the boxing drops off." And then watching it again, being like, "Actually, you know what? Fuck the boxing in this is so yeah. much better." And because Stallone is better. That's the thing. I feel that he gets he's genuinely really good at moving around the ring. And yeah. Like, even, even though it's obviously played up for movie purposes, mm. like again coming back to our Ali film when he's watching. Um, two, he goes on about like, oh yeah, no, it looks good on mo- on camera, but you would never do that in real life. Mm. And it's the same here. I'm sure what we're watching is not really a proper representation. No, of, no, no, but not at all. The fact that the way he moves, but the it's way a lot closer. He, oh yeah, much closer, much closer. Yeah. Because like, obviously, obviously, it's going to be different between a real boxing match and a Hollywood boxing match because you do get sort of sloppy punches and things that don't look so Hollywoodized. Mm. Um, but the fact that you're seeing different sort of punches being thrown in this one, and yeah. it's not just a hook or a jab. Yeah. You know? Uh, you, but yeah. Anyway, I was about to go further along there. But it is this this final fight. Yeah. So we, we first we get this montage, and just amazing stuff in this montage. But I think yeah. my fa- before, because it, it culminates in the pair of them on the beach, jumping around, clapping. In slow motion. In slow motion. Hugging. And it's very... I mean, it's homoerotic. There's no way around it. It is like 100. percent And the weirdest bit about it is the bit where he's got this. He keeps he does it a couple of times where he has shots of just their thighs yeah. in slow motion running. <laughs> and it's like, and then you realise, wait a minute, Stallone directed this, so he wants there to be a 10 second shot of his thighs, and then he wants there to be a 10 second shot of Carl Weathers' thighs running up and literally like you can't see anything else it's just their like yeah it's just their thighs and crotch yeah I'm like okay okay Sly it's all about testicular fortitude <laughs> okay we get it mate it's... we get it penis <laughs> it's, yeah, it's ridiculous um, and yeah and the, he, he does it basically and then we get the big like um, slow motion and the um, and the freeze frame but the one of the another point that I love in this point is when um we get the thumbs up from Apollo. Yeah. It's a point where he's just then, yeah. I'm like, if I could live my entire life and just get one thumbs up from Apollo Creed like that, it'll be worth it. Yeah. That's all I want. I'd live ten lifetimes. Just to get that. And if I got a thumbs up like that from Apollo Creed, I'd be like, done it. I made it. I've done it. Yo, Adrian. I did it. Like, no, just, no, no. Like, just approval from, from Mick. Approval, a thumbs up from Apollo. That's what, that's it. You gotta have but your faith like an ape. Um, yeah, and then it goes straight into the yeah, final like fight. Yeah, like the last, the sort of the last twenty minutes of this film move very fucking quickly. Yes, very quickly. Yeah, so we go do. straight like the, like from the point from the beach onwards to the end. It's a sprint to the finish, basically, yeah. isn't it? So we go, um, yeah, we get straight over, and then we're, we're in for the match. They're getting interviewed beforehand, and now Apollo um, Club is more willing to talk to the press now. So he has this great bit where they ask him, what is your prediction for the match? And he just looks dead down the camera and goes, pain. <laughs> it's like, oh, fuck. He is such a good villain. You're right. He's like the best. Yeah. He's great. Meanwhile, like, Rocky is just with Apollo and he's psyching him up. He said, look, you got this. You got this. You're gonna be, everything's going to be completely different. You've got this. And he's like, and he's, he's really like letting into it. And remember, when this is all over, you owe me a favour. What favour? And we still don't know what the favour is, which I love. Um, 
Yeah, and then we get the match basically, and Rocky kicks so much ass. Yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like he just he comes out and like they they make the point of saying, look, he looks so serious right now. All the commentators and they're like, he looks like he's dropped a load of weight. He looks completely different. He looks like he's ready for it, and he comes out when the first bell rings and just literally goes straight over to Clubber's corner and just starts pounding him in the face. Yeah. And Clubber like tries to come after him, and Rocky just keeps dodging him out of the way. Yeah, he just keeps going like that, and he can't go anywhere near him. I love it. It's great. Um, Great display of boxing from Stallone. Yeah, um, from both of them as well because there are there are two very different styles of yeah boxing they put across. Like last night, I showed yeah. you that uh, video of Tyson. Yeah, and you look at the way, and I even said to you last night that I was like, oh, this is a parallel that Stallone's picked up between Tyson and Clubber Lang. Yeah, and then I was like, actually, you know, Clubber Lang was around four years before Tyson's. Yeah, day. exactly. Yeah, but they they are very similar builds. And the way that they boxing mm. box is very similar as well, um, but yeah, and it's but then Stallone is just so light in his feet the whole time, ducking around, avoiding the punches, tiring him out. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, there's there's not that much to say about the sort of the fight. The fight just is, saying that they keep punching one. The, f- the fight's great, and yeah, the fight is and, fucking brilliant, and it's a brilliant. F- again, I like. There's a lot. It almost they've flipped it around on his head a little bit, almost too much, I think. Whereby Clubber just gets punched in the face a lot and doesn't do much about yeah. it. Like he every now and then he throws a punch and then Rocky dodges it, um, and then in, in this I think it's the second round Clubber really lays into him. Yeah. Um, to a point where Adrian's like stop the fight. Yeah. She thinks he's getting his ass kicked, and then again even Apollo is like, look, we got to stop this. You're getting killed out there. Mm-hmm. And Rocky's like, no, 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 I've got a strategy. I know what I'm doing. And I just love the bit where Rocky's goading him. Yeah. Well, it's just like, it ain't so bad. It ain't so bad. Come on, hit me. Hit me. Come on, knock me out. Knock me out. Like that. It's yeah. like, holy shit, why would you do that? Fucking maniac. He's got the eye of the tiger. I know he's got the eye of the tiger, but why the fuck would you ask Mr. T to hit you as hard as he could? He's why would got, anyone do that? He's got the eye of the tiger. Yeah, he's fucking, he's just nuts, man. There's being, that's having the eye of the tiger and there's fucking, he's like um, Charlie Sheen, he's drinking tiger blood. He's gone nuts. <laughs> <laughs> he's gone mental. He's taking, but he's using it. He's using the eye of the tiger. He's using he's the, got eye the eye of the tiger. tiger. And yeah, and eventually, like, round three, it's all over. Rocky just beats the shit into him, mm-hmm. and he, he collapses to his knees in a very dramatic pose. Um, and and he does the jump to the, the fall jump, to the jump to fall. He has a little like busted jump. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it's, it seems like it's all over. That's it. And then it fades back up again. Yeah, and this, so this is the first Rocky film that doesn't end. In the, the ring with the, with the no. with the culmination of the fight, no, and then we get probably yeah. the most homoerotically charged part. Oh yeah, in the Rocky franchise, even the so music far. sounds like it's from a porno. Yeah, boom, boom. and then it's a solid synth. Yeah, it's it's um, and, and again, it's not really a scene that we just don't want to just go through and tell you about it, but it is this really bizarrely homoerotic scene where they're like. Giving each other the sexy eyes, they're talking, yeah. they're sassing one another about like everything's dimly lit. Everything's it's generally it's lit. Just they're the all really sweaty already. Like they get into the ring and for some reason someone's set up a table with a candle and it's, <laughs> it's, it's just one long piece of spaghetti. <laughs> um but yeah, they get in and then there's probably my favourite line from the entire film. Ding, ding ding again the campus way you could possibly have done it as well it's like they're, they're talking about two guys who are like for fun gonna beat the shit into each other it yeah. should be super masculine That's the rematch. it's not it's <laughs> the third fight so they had closed doors they had a third fight basically so the point we're getting at is that um apollo's calling in his favor and his favor is that he wants to fight rocky again he says he doesn't it's not going to be a 
like mat, like proper like boxing fight. We're just going to do it behind closed doors, just you and me, so we finally can settle once and for all who's better. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like you ju- you sort of just pit me to the post last time. And it you nag- said you beat me by one second. You beat me by one second, then it nags at you. Because th- that's the point where he, earlier in the movie, sort of relates to Rocky by saying, look, I know how it feels to lose the title. Yeah. And so now he's saying, look, you owe me this, let me have another shot, so they have another fight. And this is something that gets brought up way, way down the line, but we'll yeah. talk about it then. So we never find out what happens in this fight. Um, but yeah, they, they, Apollo has the ding ding. They're circling each other. They go for the punch, and then it turns into a watercolor photo. Yeah. Which I need that on my wall somewhere. Like I want that as a bit of artwork. Like I'm amazed at <laughs> Disney. Like so good. Like because it's so awesome that the camera can't capture the awesomeness anymore, and they have to just do it with watercolors. Yeah, and that's it. I have the tiger plays us out, and that is the end of Rocky Three. So I mean, it almost it. Ties it all up, and it could have ended there, really. Yeah, it could have. I mean, because it does have the sort of the full circle with the Apollo yeah. fights, and I mean, like I love this film because it's got the best villain. Yeah, it's got, um, you know, it's got some of the better performances. It does really make me sad every time Mick dies. Um, but yeah, I would, I would say this is still one of my top. Yeah. Rocky films. Oh yeah, because this this feels more like a, a like we said before. It's like a, it feels like a Rocky film. Yeah. So like up to now they've been like sporting dramas. Now this yeah. is a Rocky film yeah. in the sense like a James Bond films. Like it's like the the first couple of James Bond films were quite like spy dramas, and then it was like Goldeneye where they or no sorry Goldfinger where they hit the formula. Yeah. And then everything became like a formula a replica of that, and I think this is almost like the equivalent of that for Rocky mm-hmm. three. Is like this is the Rocky template. Yeah. of how to make a Rocky movie. And then from then on, they all do that. And that's not to say they're bad, it just means that they they sort of, everything fits. Yeah, there's a beat to hit each yeah. point as they go through with the yeah. next Although, film. Although, speaking of, don't think, was there a bell in this one? There wasn't. There wasn't, was there? No. Ah, that's a shame. Hopefully there's a bell next time. I hope so. Can't remember. I can't remember, and it's, it was disappointing because there there is a perfect point for the bell. The bell is the perfect point of the, for the bell is obviously on the beach where they yeah. in, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, and that was the perfect point to have it, and they didn't do it. That's a shame. But like I said, the journey isn't over. There's more to come. There is. So next week we're going to talk about Rocky Four, which is really really prevalently important as part of this rewatch because obviously this rewatch is leading up to Creed 2 yes in Creed 2 there's going to be a lot of tiebacks and callbacks and things to this Rocky 4 specifically so we'll talk yeah, more about that sure. next week before um, we before we sign off yeah we're now three films in yep how are you on your standings of oh, no don't I can't no, every, no I'm doing it every week no I'm not doing it every week no I made you choose between two films last week yeah, and even that I found hard because it's just like part one and part two. Exactly. Now what are you going to do? I don't know. I love Rocky Three. It's so good. I've got real like for me, Eye of the Tiger is a big thing for me as well because yeah. Eye of the Tiger, like you, you're all about Hearts on Fire from th- four, aren't you? Yeah. I know. I'm I, I'm an Eye of the Tiger kind of guy. Yeah. Look, not Eye of the Moose, not Eye of the Bull, Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> um, but where where are you putting it? I don't know. I think I think it has to be Rocky. Rocky 3, Rocky 2. Really? I think so, yeah. Okay. I think so. I think cause Rocky, the, the first one is just, it's... Because the first one in any franchise is always the, the most complete of a film, isn't it, I guess? Yeah. 
Second one, it sort of, yeah, it just feels like part two. Yeah. So it, or now in sort of it's a middle part of a trilogy, I yeah. guess. But this one, like, as a complete beginning, middle and end, it's, it's like a hero's journey. He has it all, loses it all, gets it back at the end. It's sort of like yeah. a nice. Yeah. And it has the emotional stuff with Mick. It has Apollo. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I f- yeah, threes. That's that's where it's at. I think it's one, two, one, three, two for me at the moment. What about you? I still am one, two, three. Okay. I um, thought three would be higher then. Yeah, and I, th- I always thought it would be higher as well. But like right as it stands at the moment, you know, if I have to choose between making the decision right now or being punched in the genitals by Clubber Lang, <laughs> I'm saying one, two, three. Okay. Um, only because. The first two are, in my opinion, as much as I love Rocky Three, I think the first two are still a better calibre of film. Yeah, probably because I think there's more the the drama that's that exists in three, um, is played down on. The film's twenty yeah. minutes shorter, so if it yeah. was longer, I think it would have been a significantly better film. Yeah, maybe. I think the the thing with it is if he had more drama to write in there. Yeah, if the the circumstances with Mick wasn't so sudden. I know there was foreshadowing with the Thunderlips fight, mm-hmm. but if I think there was more um, of Clubberlang and antagonising Rocky mm-hmm. outside of the fights rather than just in two parts yeah, and being think, this looming villain in the background. I think the problem with it is, in terms of comparing him, like we said, they've, they've made this big shift. So now we're, we're, it's kind of, we're comparing apples and oranges because I feel like Rocky three from an entertainment standpoint, from hmm. a purely entertaining, like popcorn movie, like Marvel movie type thing, it's the well, it's the most entertaining as an hour and a half movie. Whereas the others have got more substance to them and win Oscars and yeah. jump. They're like yeah, they're yeah, proper. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's like someone saying, "What's the better film, Schindler's List or Avengers: Infinity War?" Like, do you know what I mean? You can't say, "Oh, one's better than the other," but because they're like you can't compare them because they're literally one of them is a popcorn silly film mm-hmm. but I love every minute of it and one of them is a very important very like incredibly well made yeah yeah drama yeah. which deserves every but I, that it I gets. think I think the, I don't think there's that much of a stellar difference between the two no I think Not that, that's polarizing, a, that's a I, very extreme example yeah, yeah. but you see what I mean yeah yeah definitely but I still sort of the, the, the my point still stands that if if they'd have spent a little bit not spent more time, but if, if Stallone had the the story in his head, I know this was made and he said I didn't have as much, so I made it more about the sport than the drama. Mm. But I think if they'd have had that extra, maybe 10 minutes or so, about Mick and about leading up to Mick's issue and the more drama between them rather than just sort of one sit-down conversation in a love seat in the boathouse sort of thing. And the pool house, sorry. <laughs> but... um. But yeah, if I think they'd have spent like laboured a little bit more of the drama, this would have been a significantly better film, and would likely have been as much as a contender as one or two first or Oscar level. Yeah, maybe yeah. Because it's you know it would have been a much more it would have been a family drama mm. as well as a sporting film. Yeah. But um, but yeah, one, two, three for me at the moment. Okay. Cool. Um, but yeah. But yeah, so we'll see if that trend continues. It's a worrying trend because it means that <laughs> as we go on, they're getting worse, is what you're saying. But I don't know. Well, not worse. worse is a strong word because we've really enjoyed Rocky Three, as you've heard. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So next week, it's going to continue. We're going to get into Ivan Drago and the Russians um, and <laughs> all that sort of stuff. 
um, is going to be Rocky IV. Um, so join us next week for our continuing adventures in the Rocky franchise. Um, you can email us at theoncastpod at gmail. You can tweet us at theoncastpod on Twitter. Um, let us know if you're continuing the rewatch with us. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.